You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there, folks. Welcome to episode 79 of the 515 Podcast. Jason Priestmer here with John Wayne McMahon this fine Wednesday afternoon. John? Hey, man. How you doing over there? Good. Good. Yeah, good. You look tired. Just good. I'm just a little me? tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little tired. Okay. It's a busy, busy week. Oh yeah, what's going on? Anything going on in the church? Nah, it's okay. kind of quiet. Well, let's let's just uh, forget <laughs> that. Then. Let's uh, recap. Yeah, just getting ready for getting ready for all that is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, and I mean we could talk about this at the end, or we can talk about it now. Like, how many services do we have planned for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? Uh, do we want to? To just go over that schedule real quick for those who may yeah, so, be looking for it. So birthday party with Jesus, children's service at 11 a.m. in the sanctuary. Christmas Eve? Yes, Christmas okay. Eve. Nothing on Christmas Day. It's all Christmas Eve this oh, okay. year. And then in the sanctuary is 5 o'clock family service, 7, 9, 11. Oh. Uh, and then... Um, I think 7, 9, 11 are communion candlelight. Okay. And then Vine Worship is at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. Communion and Candlelight. Okay. Uh, and we will be live streaming complete service at 7, 7 p.m. PM. on Christmas Eve. That's the big shebang for streaming. Wow. You feel good about that? Yeah, I feel pretty good. I, I just um, made myself laugh a little bit. I, I, imagined, I envisioned people sitting around the Christmas tree with their kids ready to watch presents, and they're like, hold on a second, we're going to watch this church service. Hang on, we got to watch, watch worship. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about like, people, like later that night, like if they weren't able to stream it. Yeah, they could watch it on demand. Then they'll be able to watch it on demand too. And so, yeah. for some people, 7 o'clock, they may be already in. Or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So anyways, that'd be, that'd be cool. It's a great option. I, I, I am curious and excited about what the reception is going to be and you know how many... People are going to choose that as an option, so yeah, looking so we're, forward to hearing from them. Yeah, we're excited. Um, if you're listening or Vine person, yeah. come early and get some hot chocolate and cookies. Oh, cool! It'll be in the gym. Kind of like the five fifteen. Yeah, original. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so it's gonna be a lot of fun, and we've got amazing testimony, live a live interview testimony in Christmas Eve, and uh, music's gonna be great, and hopefully the preaching's not yeah bad. But, you know, <laughs> three out of four ain't bad. I have some control of that, so we'll see. Um, but anyway, so we're, I'm just excited about that. Make sure you're inviting your friends and neighbors. Yeah. Be looking for social media for both the live stream and the video and be ready to share that. Um, but yeah, we're just, we're pumped to see a lot of people. We just, we're actually expecting for there to be a lot just mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people had to leave Kingwood for Christmas last year. Yeah, and so oh, this, that's true. This yeah. year, um, there's probably a lot of people that are gonna stay home. Excited to be back in their homes for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So, awesome. oh, another thing I can do to to just ask for some help is, um, if you are able, um, park down at at Foster Elementary. Oh, sure. And take the five minute walk. Yeah. Down down the okay. down the sidewalk there, and that'll save us some parking over there and try to consolidate vehicles yeah you know some some <laughs> of our families come in like three vehicles so anyways we're just we're just expecting for it to be really big and packed that'll be great yep all right so let's uh recap last week yeah uh, where we were talking about hope, hope i believe yeah that's that's the theme of the whole series oh that's true 
But specifically, I guess we were talking about some <laughs> angels making appearances to some to f- some folks. Is yeah, that right? we we're talking about we we're talking about Mary, and we we're talking, and really we we're talking about the. Um, I just kind of did a thought experiment a little bit, both myself in preparation, but thinking about what Mary might be going through. Oh yeah. And so for an angel to show up, and I even joked, I even joked about the fact that. You know, for like I was talking about Lauren and I when we found out Lauren was pregnant yeah. and like what that looked like for expectations and fears and in the place of like a pregnancy test, <laughs> Mary gets an angel yeah. <laughs> that shows up and scares the you know, the Jesus sure. out of her and then and then um instead of a reveal party yeah, <laughs> gender reveal party. She gets the truth that oh no, this is the Messiah. Yeah, and so that's pretty crazy. If you think about the um, absolutely, if you think about the weight of that, and and we get this beautiful text that we looked at in Luke chapter one, where it the narrative says that Mary breaks into a song called the Magnificat, mm-hmm. and it's a really pretty song. It, it it's like a hymn, mm-hmm. and we talked about that a little bit and talked about the meaning of that. Um, but it's really interesting to think about what were the fears and anxieties that she might be facing that we don't really get to see. Absolutely. Because the way that Luke breaks apart um, this text, and I shared a little Sunday, but I think it's important for us to hear is that I don't want to burst anybody's bubbles, but Mary probably didn't actually say these words. Yeah. She. It's not to mean that she didn't have the faith that is that is captured in the Magnificat. But the Magnificat has quotations from Psalms and from 1 Samuel, which is a song that is attributed to a woman named Hannah in the Old Testament when she was barren and the angel of the Lord showed up and told her she was going to have a child. Mm-hmm. And so it's the, the words of that song are actually very close to the words of this song. And it's almost as if Luke took a pre- Jesus hymn, one that existed, this song, and used it to communicate what the faith of Mary and what the faith of Israel might have been and how they responded to the coming of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't shouldn't really burst any bubbles to hear maybe Mary didn't all of a sudden break into weird Shakespearean. It wasn't like a musical where, (laughs) you know, light, the, the light comes on and she starts doing a little jig and sings this beautiful song. Like it's not, that's really not probably what was happening, but Luke theologically and with great purpose placed it here. Mm -hmm. So in light of that, what we talked about is if Mary is truly and literally carrying the hope of the world into the world, what then might be our response to the fact that I think we have the same responsibility to carry the hope of the mm. world into the world? Yeah. Especially if we play this out. Jesus comes in the, into the world, and through the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit that dwells within us, we have the same responsibility to carry the hope. Um, and so what, that, what, what, what does that look like? So anyways, I encourage you to go check out the video that's on our website of oh, the yeah. sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's on uh, Facebook or listen to the, the audio podcast and get caught up on that because we, we wrestle with some of those things. Yeah. One of the things we really hit on was um, how these angels just appeared yeah. um, to multiple folks over yeah. throughout the time, uh, throughout the Bible. Um, and, you know, c- contrary to what we probably think watching Hallmark movies, you know, an angel shows up and you're all like, oh, hey, yeah, beautiful. you're yeah. smiling. You're like, yeah. I can't believe this person's here right now. Yeah. And oh, I want to ask them you know, questions or whatever, <laughs> whatever that happens to be. Um, that was the reaction that uh, yeah. our actors in the, in the Bible had, right? Yeah. The first word 
after the angel of the Lord appears, I think every time, or if not almost every time, yeah. is, is do not be afraid or be not afraid. Yeah. And so that's kind of the response. And it, it probably is that way if you think about um, the fact that, one, the angel of the Lord, the representation of God, all of a sudden, it shows up in a, in a holy manifestation. Um, think of, you know, we, I mean, think of even the burning bush encounter with Moses. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe in VBS we have like this small tumbleweed that catches on fire, <laughs> right. but like, I bet it was something that was pretty scary to see something just self self combust, but not consume itself. And like, you know, that Absolutely. just to imagine that and, and probably more of the power of God that doesn't always get aside. And so of course their response is, is that of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see these encounters all the time. As a matter of fact, when Mary gets to, um, when the, the disciple Mary gets to the open tomb and, mm-hmm. and, and encounters Jesus right. there or the angel of the Lord angel. encounters the angel of the Lord there. And the angel says, he's not here. Um, but don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I, I think that is because they're so full of like, I mean, just imagine what it would be like to be consumed by emotion, the weight of what's happening and experience of, of finding out you're pregnant and you haven't done that thing which needs yeah. to be done to be pregnant or like going to the tomb of the one you followed and somehow he's alive again. Like yeah. that would carry mm-hmm. this great range of emotions that I'm sure fear would play a large piece of it. So the angel of the Lord always is going to... Um, show them now also think about the jewish history and i'll be quiet about this but the jewish history like has like people touching the ark of the covenant at the wrong time and turn into dust and like yeah people like stepping into the holiness of god in the wrong way and being eliminated or turning around and turning to a pillar of salt yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> what? so like like the like their god's power and holiness is yeah. is completely other and so when they encounter the divine hopefully it it uh, you would think that it would f- uh, f- make them feel some fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, what's the name of the hymn, the song again? Mary's song, the Magnificat. Magnificat. Yeah. So you just you described in that song that there were like four uh, responses. Yeah. Right. That were presented in that. Let's can we touch on those again? Yeah. I don't know if we got to go deep enough last Sunday. Yeah. If there's so, more to it you want to share. No no no. Yeah, so so if you look at Luke 1 46 uh through the end of the song, there it's it's this beautiful like rhythmic hymn. I mean and there's parallels in it. It reads like poetry, mm-hmm. probably sings even better in the original language. Um and so uh, it's just really pretty thing, but I think there's some major themes in it that we can pull out of there. And if if this was modeled by the author as a proper response to what it means that the hope of the world has come, then maybe the responses that we should have in uh, when we consider what it means that the hope of the world has come to us as well. And so the first one is worship and gratitude. Um, right there at the beginning, verses 46 through 47. Mary says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And I just was wrestling with that a little bit about how often do we actually spend time in worship and gratitude of God, mm, yeah. especially before we roll out our list of things we need. <laughs> um, but even further than that, I was reflecting on times in my life when God has completely just wrecked me, when I just like in 
like when I'm overcome by the spirit, like I just feel like I weep. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been times in my life where I've wept uncontrollably mm-hmm. and it doesn't even, it's not even a rational thing. And like, it's because there's a, there's times in my life where I felt so overwhelmed by the love that God has for me, uh, in worship and the way that I've expressed gratitude for what he's done just to be overcome by that experience and that is a that's a that's a place that mary or the way luke presents as him that's the first response to the hope of the world yeah is that i'm overcome with emotion of love that he should give his son for me um and that's a healthier place to start and and i was just i i just think this is important for us because if we expect to have any force or any um, strength in the way that we carry the hope in the wor- of the world, then we should have at least been affected by the hope of the world first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Before I ever become a an evangelism from a, an evangelist from my favorite movie, I probably should have seen the movie <laughs> and like experienced the movie first, That's right? A good point. Yeah. Before before I start telling people about my favorite restaurant, like you would think that I've actually eaten at this restaurant, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, tell me more about that. Well, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, actually, been, there, but... I haven't actually been there, but, you know, the reviews look nice. Yeah. But uh, wouldn't that be weird or out of place? And so uh, some of us, um, when we think about what it means to carry the hope of the world into the world, and we're, like, feel uncomfortable thinking about doing something or loving someone mm-hmm. or talking to our neighbors about it, well, there's probably the need to be filled by his love, to, to spend some time in worship and gratitude and reflect on all that he's done and and to grow in that love and i think out of that it will flow into the other things does that does that make sense yeah. i don't know if i got to lay that out as well as i wanted to sunday so the opening of this hymn is the passionate worship of a person that has found themselves utterly empty apart from the god who has created them mm. that was kind of the main thing and i think that that is so beautiful the second thing second response to this hymn is humility Uh, We can learn, and I think humility builds on worship and gratitude, right? If I spend time in worship and praise, being overcome and overwhelmed and and moved by who God is, then that leads me into a state of not looking to myself over others and not looking to myself over God, right? And so now I'm kind of, I'm reversed in that. Excuse me. So, So I think we learn from humility in this hymn. Um, in some major ways. Through the hymn, Mary asks the question of who am I that God should invite me into his yeah. story? I think that, and I think that this is so important that in humility, God can deliver hope into the world because in humility, our attention is off of ourselves and it's on to those that are around us and on to God. I, it, you know, it strikes me that. Um we haven't talked about her reaction which her gut reaction might have been like if it was was like hold on what's happening yeah and how at least this, this is going to be yeah <laughs> this is extremely inconvenient for yeah. me i've yeah. got to go answer for a lot yeah. of these questions yeah there was none of that yeah at least at the beginning it came, it came probably came later but she's she's immediately thinking of faithfulness and well i mean why, well and think, think about me, think know? about this she probably has those emotions and Absolutely. and i think yeah. luke is I think Luke, his his um, purpose in this narrative is not to get bogged down in those details. Okay, cool. Gotcha. His purpose is in telling a story of the coming Messiah. 
And so when some people ask, why don't we know more about Mary or Joseph? Yeah. Because we know about Mary or Joseph only in light of who they are to Jesus. Sure. Yeah. And so the 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 focus is on Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's a theological purpose. It's about Jesus coming for is Israel. And so, um, not to belittle Mary or Joe, I'm actually preaching on Joseph this Sunday. Okay. Um, not to belittle those characters or anything. We're going to wrestle. We don't know hardly anything Absolutely. about Joseph. Right. And so anyways, but does that make sense? Oh, and, yeah. and I think that in the humility of the hymn, in the humility that's attributed, I kept using this word mm. to Mary, I'm sure she was humble, but that's the place of of what's been expressed here. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, the third, all right. So the third thing, and we're, I'm going to keep moving here, is perspective. Uh, last week I talked a lot about um, n- like preaching to ourselves about what God's done in our past to know that He's going to continue to strengthen us in the future. So there is perspective in this hymn in that she worships and says, the the arm of the Lord has scattered the proud, uh, bringing down rulers and lifting up the humble. Um, She gets perspective on who God is Mm -hmm. and begins to, uh, in this hymn, um, remind who he is and 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 that she stands in his strength not in her own like that's that's the key for Paul in all of the places mm. he's in I've been reading uh, some of this work from N.T. Wright about Paul's journeys uh, all of his evangelistic journeys plan, church planning journeys and and we can read through the book of Acts and just see all of this glory but what we're what we miss is in between the lines that some of these places he is going through the most extreme abuse and loneliness possible. There's one part of his journey where it says that the spirit wouldn't let him go where they thought he was going to go and mm. they're kind of wandering around and this probably is going on for months and uh, there, when they do get to a town, he gets beaten and thrown in prison or he gets run away or he has to leave in the secrecy of the night because people are going to try and kill him. We read Paul like he's some invincible, mighty person. And yet, if we look between the lines, when he tells a church, like, every time I think of you, I'm overwhelmed. It's because he loves these people so much and they've loved him in the middle of deep, dark struggle. But Paul, all of that to say, mm-hmm. he is not walking, working on his own strength, but on God's strength. And here's why that's important, because if we only go as far as our abilities will carry us, then we are not living into the supernatural power of what God can do and wants to do in and through us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's really important. To be a part of the hope of the world and carry the hope of the world is to stand in the strength of God, uh, the strength of the God of hope uh, who wants to deliver this message through Mm -hmm. us. The final one is responsibility. The weight of this closing hymn can almost be lost, but the very end of it is like, it says that this is the promise to Abraham and descendants, and it is now here. So attributed to Mary and Israel is this response that now the what was promised this whole entire history yeah. is coming true right here. And so for those of us that are in Christ, I was trying to make the case, and I, I will today as well, that we have an incredible responsibility to bring this hope into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus has chosen to send us the way that he was sent uh, by the Father, and that he proclaims in Acts chapter 1 that um, f- when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses to the world. And I just think we don't wake up and let our feet hit the ground thinking, I have a responsibility today to bring the hope of Jesus into the places that I go. Yeah. 
And I just think that's the calling for us as we think about this week is what kind of responsibility, not to put pressure on yourself, (laughs) not to make you feel oppressed by this, because I think it should be an incredibly invigorating and joyful journey that we have. Um, But nonetheless, it is a calling, a responsibility that we have. And and we talked about how um, that doesn't necessarily mean you stand in here in the bubble of Kingwood or in, in front of your house or even in the front door of the church. You're like, okay, who here can I help today? You yeah, know? yeah. You've got to go uh, some places that are a little darker Yeah, um, yeah. to use that analogy, you know, bring light to the darkness. Yeah. Um, and that means getting out of that comfort zone and getting out of there. Right. Um, or in the case of, let's talk about our um, small groups in our community. Yeah. It's having that, that empty chair, empty seat for somebody who is not a part of your group. Right. But, uh, through prayer and, and kind of looking out for people saying, this is somebody that I think we need, you know, needs to benefit for that and inviting them into your, your group and sharing that with them. That's right. There you go. That's right. Amen. So one more thing you talked about, about, uh, humility. Um, you said in humility, I'm quoting here cause I made a note of this, which yeah. is, uh, in humility, God can deliver hope through you. And that was honestly, that's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it's and then the the tricky part is it's a little paradoxical, right? Sure. <laughs> or it's a little it's yeah. a little bit different than what we've thought about with humility. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times I think we think about humility as the opposite of pride. Mm, yeah. And um, I don't I actually don't think that that gives the full justice to humility in in the way that we think about it. Humility, as talked about in places like with Paul and others, like if you think about Philippians, that have having the same mindset of Christ, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So humility is more than the absence of pride. Humility, because that would just be a passive thing. Humility is sure, actually yeah. something that is active, mm-hmm. that is that is sending us into uh, opportunities to pour into others um, and to think about others and to think about God over and beyond ourselves. I was, yeah, I was just going to say, um, he needs to be greater and I need to be yeah. lesser, right? John, John Wesley says, Oh, beware, do not seek to be something let me be nothing and Christ be all in all. Yeah. Put me to wow. doing, put me to side, put mm-hmm. me put me what you will. That's Wesley saying, whatever it is, may it be Christ that's proclaimed. And yeah. so empty me of me and fill me of you so that I can in humility bring hope into the world. I think humility is about putting our agendas on the side, about um, putting our busy schedules on the altar of mm-hmm. grace and yeah. allowing God to use us in the way that he desires. It's about it's about those kind of movements, but it's not passive because I think removal of pride can put a really good natured person there, but mm. maybe not one who's, who's bringing hope into the world. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? That's great. I think that's a great way for us to close it. For sure. Okay, so um, we will uh, see you on Sunday. Yeah, see you on Sunday Monday. for the next part of this sermon series, talking about Joseph Sunday morning. Again, we'll be streaming the sermon this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Monday's a big day. 
anywhere of those services. Remember, 11 o'clock for the young children in 11 a.m. for the young children in the sanctuary birthday party for Jesus immediately following in the gym. Okay. And then 5, 7, 9, 11 in the sanctuary. 5 o'clock is more of a family-oriented uh, service in the sanctuary. And then in the gym for uh, vine worship is 5 and 7 p.m. Awesome. Get there early. Park down the street if you can. Carpool. Carpool. <laughs> um, and let's have fun. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tony. Yeah. God bless you. I'll talk to you later. Everyone, thanks. Thanks.